When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly, and joining me this week to talk about Sugar Baby, the final track from Bob's great 2001 album, Love and Theft, is Pod Dylan executive producer, David Gutierrez. David, I want to say thank you for doing the show, but you insisted, so... I did. Yeah, here you are. You're on the show. Well, you had a cancellation, right? Cancellation. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> it's like when the Letterman used to book somebody from SNL when somebody right. would cancel because they would just get him from upstairs and just drag him down. So yeah, yeah, that's how this worked out. Um, no, Five no, Timers no. Club. Yes, that's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, no, we're very happy to have you here. You specifically asked to talk about Sugar Baby. Uh, so, so let's get into this. Why? Why Sugar Baby? Well, first of all, I, to talk about Sugar Baby, I think you have to talk about Love and Theft, okay. which is a, a wonderful album. And I, I know uh, my friend Will. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, former guest of the show. Yeah, yeah former guest of the show, Will, Will Stegman. Um, he, like, he's one of those people that'll say, well, just listen to the damn song. You know what yes. I mean? Don't think about it too much or whatever. But uh, I think this song, I, it's never been defined to my knowledge as a concept album, right? But it very much feels like a journey. And because uh, when, you, when you think about where it starts off with, uh, with twiddly dee, twiddly dum, right. twiddly dee and twiddly dum, um, cousin to Monkey Man and the, and the I believe, <laughs> uh, uh, this, uh, and then it ends on this, on level, and on, um, on 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 Sugar Baby, which is this really like almost tome, right? It's this heavy song that feels like, in and of itself, actually a kind of a journey. It's a it's a simple song, and I mean that with <laughs> with no sense of of uh, a musical knowledge. But I mean, it feels like it's kind of like maybe four or five notes, and it's fairly low key, and it's very repetitive musically. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um. So it feels a bit like like a dirge almost, but. Uh, it's just it, it's just it's a nice compliment to everything that came before. I mean, when you when you just go four songs up, you have Moonlight, which is a is, to me is a beautiful song, almost my wedding song, by the way. Interesting. Wow. Uh, well, my, my my wife hates Bob Dylan. <gasps> oh, she hates no. how he sounds. Okay. And that we broke up because of this. This is another story for another time. Oh my god. My wife and I are still married, but one of our one of our big fights was about Bob Dylan. Oh my god. Oh no. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um. You know, anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, the, the song itself, uh, Sugar Baby, great song. Starts off with that note that just, it's almost, it's a hum, right? It's kind yeah, of like dun, a, a reverberation. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it is very, it is very dirge-like. Uh, would, why don't you sing it, Rob? No, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> um, it's not illegal if we stop every five seconds. <laughs> um, so, uh yeah, so it starts off with that with that dirge, and then it just goes into these very, these these very melancholy lyrics. That I mean, it's, as 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 you put it, about fifty percent of the songs are about women. This one's very much about a woman, and not really liking them, or maybe kind of accepting that they're just no good for you. I really can't tell what, what necessarily what the attitude is, but 
it's pretty it's, harsh. I mean, the, the yeah. refrain is "Sugar baby, get on down the road. You ain't got no brains, no how. You went years without me. Might as well keep going now." Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> but then you know, like um, he stays with uh with his aunt Sally, but she's not really his aunt, which implies that there's like a like that's his late that's kind of his lady on the side or something to me. That's how yes. I always took it. Yes. Um. And, you know, the, the talks about, like, the, the dark town ladies doing the dark town strut. And, you know, you just end up making it th- things a thousand times worse. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a happy song. No, it is kind of unrelenting misery. It really is. But I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, it. any song that has the line, every moment of existence seems like some dirty trick. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty, Bob's in a kind of bad, or whoever this guy is who is singing, he's in a pretty bad place and again much like a lot of dylan songs it, it seems to be of an indeterminate time period it seems old timey because right. it's, it's some people suggested sugar baby is a horse perhaps you know oh, like is it, yeah i mean and you're talking you mentioned the dark town the dark town strut i mean it it, it has a lot of old timey language and so it doesn't necessarily yeah. think that it's a modern song uh, as much as you can pin this thing down but it's not a modern album either i mean love and theft feels like it's I want. I don't. I hate using the word timeless because that seems so so cheesy and almost like a mark, like a bad marketing speak term. Mm-hmm. But um, because it, I think because it draws from influences that are already twenty, thirty years old by the time this album's out, and this album is from fifteen years ago. Yes. Um. It it definitely has that. It, to me, it anyway. It has a feel of just being a kind of um, temp almost like a temporal omnipresence. Like it's just kind of uh, a cel- not a celebration, but just a recounting of musical, of, of musical stylings from, from the past. And I think that's what, that's why it works. Yeah. I mean, Bob is definitely very steeped in Americana. There's a famous uh, quote unquote, famous quote uh, about when they were doing the Wilburys album. I know your favorite, but it was like when Bob and Tom Petty went off to, to write Tweeter and the monkey man, they, you, they wanted to jam as much like Americana into it as they yeah. could. And George Harrison was just like, I don't know what that is. Like, oh, I, don't, yeah, I yeah. didn't know what Americana even is. So you guys just go ahead and write that. And it does it. This, this whole album does have a very yearning back to the past feel to it. And then we have to mention, because it's just part of this album, part of this album's history. Uh, this album was released on September 11th, 2001. And there are not lines. a big deal. Yeah, not, not a big, a... yeah, not a big deal. Uh, there are there are lines in this song. Uh, there are lines in the, in this album uh, and some of the songs that at the time, you know, pre nine eleven, which would have been you know about uh, September tenth. Yeah, September tenth. <laughs> but I mean, like, like there's another. Song, we're getting off Sugar Baby a little, but there's there's a yeah. line in another one of the songs about uh, his brother being killed in a war. And right. at, at that point, when he recorded it, which would have been in the early early 2001, we were not fighting a war. And right. yet, of course, by the time everybody got to the album, we were fighting in a war. And it felt amazingly contemporary and eerily so. because And there's, there's, there's a whole song where he talks about being in New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it was, I remember at the time, I bought this, I went to Tower Records back when that was still a thing. Uh, the night before, they had, a, they were open at midnight. Uh, and I went there at midnight to buy it, and I, I stayed up very late listening to it, and and woke up the next day and went to work, and then all hell broke loose quite literally. But this album does have that weird kind of yin yang of it's old timey, but then it's got things that seem you know eerily prescient. So Sugar Baby particular seems to be oldie 
you know, it really is him looking back. I mean, he mentions uh, look up, seek your maker before Gabriel bro- blows his horn. I mean, that's just a super old timey phrase. Yeah. You know, uh, let me ask you something. Did, did, uh, did September 11th kind of co- color your, your listening of this or uh, do you know what I mean? Has it shaped it at all? Do you feel we're listening to it today? Oh yeah. No, I think it's, it's a very lively album. Uh, I mean, the, the, the upbeat numbers are really upbeat. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a bunch of, uh, songs on this that are amazingly, you know, fa- I mean, summer days, lonesome day blues and, and, uh, honest with me, they all move at a really fast clip. Uh, I mean, good Lord, I talk about lines. There's a line in the song high water, which is track seven, where he literally somebody yeah for Charlie Patton. He literally talks about bringing somebody in dead or alive, and those were the exact words George Bush used when talking about Osama bin Laden. And that's it's like where what what weird strata, he's a Dylan fan too. Yeah, what it's like where like what is Dylan plugged into that he is sort of seemingly able to predict the future in these sort of very strange ways. Uh, that, at least that's how it feels to me. But it doesn't ruin my my feeling of the album. I think it's a great album. I think it's it's the first one Bob produced on his own. Uh, after well, the no, one... Rob, this is produced by one Jack Frost. Well, Jack I don't Frost, want to correct course, you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Bob feels like he can't put his known name on a record when he's not fooling anybody. But uh, well, does does the September 11th color you're listening to this? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, no, I I didn't get it until. It was actually a Christmas present from the sister of of, uh, of Will Stegman. Well, uh, look at that. It all comes back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't go more into that, but... <laughs> you're, you're, no, so... you're dropping all these stories, David. I'm blushing. There was a the time uh, I found the Ark of the Covenant, but that's for another episode. I did, I did. Um, me and Hugh Hefner, <laughs> I think you've heard. No, um, we, no uh, I, I got it um, in December... Along with actually the, because this was a big deal because he hadn't done an album in something like four or five years, right? right. Um, and there was I, this. I got this and and uh, Leonard Cohen's album at the same time. Ooh, that's a heavy um, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, and uh, and and so uh, it's it's uh, it's almost fest. It's kind of got a bittersweet feel to it because when I got it and everything that's mm-hmm. happened since, but. Um, it uh, no, it's a it's a. It, I still love it though. I mean, it's, it's. I think I've told you this is one of my favorite all time Bob Dylan albums. Yes, it's a, yes. it's up there with with uh, with Blonde on Blonde for me. Oh wow! Oh jeez. Okay, that's that's high praise indeed. It's interesting that Bob got into a kind of a lot of hot water with how many lines he stole from other songs and from books for this record. But he's done that forever, and he's done that forever. This was you know he was doing it for four decades before Google was ever around or anybody could just look this <laughs> yeah. stuff up. And, he had to read. I mean, first of all, the, yeah. I mean, first of all, the name of the damn record is Love and Theft. Uh, he's kind of putting it right there. <laughs> Two <laughs> things he does well. In the right? title. Uh, I mean, I and, you know, it's funny. We're talking about how sort of sad this song seems, and it does. But then there's lines that seem very impish. I mean, there's, there's a line about some of these bootleggers, they make pretty good stuff. That seems aimed directly at the heart of these people that steal his material and go and sell it. I mean, I, you know, you, you sometimes you don't get the sense that Bob is too terribly aware or cares about who his yeah. audience is, but that, that, that line jumped right out of me when I heard it. Cause it's like, wow, he's talking about, I mean, this is a guy whose own 
series of of catalog releases are called the bootleg series. Right, right. And here he is talking about bootleggers. Now, of course, he could be talking about bootleggers and as as we sort of classically know them, bootleggers, liquor, we have whiskey guys. But Kennedys. Yeah, yes, exactly. But uh, <laughs> you can't help but feel that he's got some double meanings here going on. I, th- I think the other thing is that it's um, it's aged with me. You know what I mean? I mean, when, uh, 15 years ago, I was... I was I was in my twenties, and uh, no, is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I was in my twenties, and um, you know, you, I guess you just um, there's that there's that what, that trope, right? That you hit an age when you stop kind of buying music, or it stops having a meaning, maybe around twenty five or something like that. Um, wow, I've never heard that. That's yeah. I guess that I guess makes it me becomes feel very sad. <laughs> it becomes less significant to you, and that I think I'm sure that I understand. And I think maybe that's just because your attentions are div- diverted elsewhere. And I mean, you know, when I was like, uh, my first album, I think was Thriller. And I poured over liner notes. Like I knew who produced it. I knew who who was playing on what song. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you knew this like with comics too. You had two or three of these things. So damn it, you're going to learn them. You know, what I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now when you have more means, hopefully, or... Uh, there's just so much out there that you have access to. It's almost watered down and diluted to the point where you can maybe hear or watch something once, appreciate it, but it's not going to be re- resonate with you. Sure. This yeah. thing has stayed with me for the last 15 years, and I, I listen to it in full maybe two, three times a year, mm. which is a lot now that I have a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and, and I, I also think sort of the elegiac qualities and just sort of that – easing into acceptance of things. There's a maturity, I think, in the song, or maybe I'm assigning it, that I just kind of think speaks to where I'm going in my life. Like, like, do you, do you ever, are you a Nick Cave fan? Not, I'm sorry, Nick Cave, not Nick Cave, Nick Lowe? Um, I've heard some stuff, but not, not particularly. Right. So lately, his last few albums have been, I mean, when you look at uh, his Jesus is Cool album to something more recent, like, um, Oh God! The, the, he did a cover of "The Beast in Me." Oh, okay, um, all right, right. And it was just so it, it it sounds a little like this song the way he played it. I mean, it's okay. just very slow and and just almost there, there's a there's a resolvedness of, to things, just an acceptance. And I think that's why I love this song. It's just it's sort of stuck in the gut. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's in a, you know buried in this this dirge like song and all these other sad things. There is other lines that are very hopeful. I mean, he he right after the line, "There ain't no limit to the amount of trouble women bring," he sings, "Love is pleasing, love is teasing, love's not an evil thing." And so, okay, like that seems a very hopeful kind of line. Uh, that's the that's the Kelly family crest. I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you I listen, like. Uh, do you listen to this song outside of its context, or do you yeah. listen to the whole? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I do. Actually, this and I guess and and uh, let me see. This moonlight, um, Tweedly Dee and Tweedly Dum, Lonesome. No, and By and By probably are the ones that okay. I. If, if I'm gonna skip around, those are the ones I'm gonna skip to. Okay. Because I'm a romantic. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, I think my favorite line of the entire uh, song is some of these memories you can learn to live with, and some of them you can't. And I think that's just it's it's just very direct and true. Yeah. As I say, at, at at the risk of dissecting this thing to death, you know. Where uh, that's what we're here for. Today. 
but you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at, like, am I talking out of my ass at some point? No, but... no, 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 no. It's, it's, no, I understand that. It's, it's so for as much as Bob puts into his lyrics, a lot of it is meant to just be felt and not right. necessarily poured over uh, and right. dissected. And this, this could be one of those things. This is one of those songs. I think it's, it does. It seems very sad. I think if you, if the average person just read these lyrics, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to hear this thing. It sounds just utterly, but there's something about the, the, the instrumentation, the way the band plays, the way Dylan's voice is very loud in the mix. Sometimes he's buried in the mix, but here he's... That's very, Jeff Lynn's fault. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he, yeah, got, yeah, the Jeff Lynn version of Love and Theft. Uh, but, I mean, here he's right up in your ear singing these things, and it's, it, it is kind of a little of a hypnotic spell. Do, um, do, do his songs still hit you the same way? I mean, you, 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 you were, what, maybe 19 or 20 when you started... Yeah, uh, yes, they absolutely do. Uh, I can I either bring myself back to when I first heard them, or some things gain resonance as you as you mentioned. When I get older, you know, some things seem like oh, that's I understand that a little more than I would have. So yeah, absolutely, he's the only he's really the only one that that stays with me as a consistent artist, and that's why I'm willing to sort of follow him down roads that I wouldn't follow. I mean, if anybody else did two solid records of Sinatra covers. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'd be like, pass. You know, forget it. I Springsteen, who's probably like my second favorite. Of course, I, I, I would not. Yeah, oh, stop it. All right. Yes, I'm from New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> I don't like Bon Jovi. I, I mean, you know, can you give me a break? Um, but like, I wouldn't buy two Springsteen records of Sinatra covers. Not. I wouldn't even think about it. But Dylan, I'm willing to do it because I feel like I owe him that much. You know, he's given me so much over the decades now that. I have to follow where he goes, and maybe some of the roads I'm kind of like, eh, okay, Bob, that's fine. But I, I'm always going to get it. I'm always going to pick it up and give it at least a couple of listens because he deserves it. You know, he absolutely deserves it. And instead, Love and Theft is a really amazing record. It's a vital record. It's somebody who's really alive, uh, you know. And Sugar Baby doesn't really sound like anything else on the record, which is nice. It's, it's a nice way to cap off the album, even though it's pretty long. It's almost seven minutes, this song. But, uh, it's so it, different than the opening, yeah, which I love. Right. I mean, it's yeah. so polar opposite, I guess. Yeah, um, he's played it a lot in a lot is relative term, I guess, for for Dylan. But he's played it a lot in concert. He's done it 130 times from 2001 to 2012. He hasn't done it since. Uh, but uh, but with, with for Bob, it's like with a dog. Four years is no time at all for Bob. I mean, he can just whip it out another time, and who knows? So. You know, yeah, it's a it's a really good. He's done a lot of album closers that are acoustic and quiet when, and they, they they serve as a nice contrast to the loudness of the rest of the album. And this is one of those, and I think it's one of the better ones uh, in in that sort of mini catalog of his. And, and just in terms of the album, I think this is the second of four, just a string of four greats. You know what I mean? Where he had he, like just consistently. Was just kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. This was they said this was the first of the four Jack Frost produced records. Oh, that's right. They're all four uh, Jack Frost. They're right? all they're all Jack Frost. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's good. Yeah, yeah. That guy's good. He knows how to handle Bob. Uh, and they're not, you know, and that's not even counting the Christmas record that he did, which I think is really good and is yes. really undervalued. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, I, I genuinely do. Uh, I mean, uh, that's a whole other topic we'll get onto sometime. That's but, this uh, December, folks. Yeah, there you go. You can look forward to Must Be Santa. What, that is one of my favorite things he's ever done is his cover of Must Be Santa. But I love that video because it's I, I can't tell insane. if he's enjoying himself or hating himself. Yeah, and... I, I think that's exactly what he wants. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, think, I think he wants that. He wants you to feel that way. It's like very Andy Kaufman in some ways. But yeah, no, this is this is Love and Theft, Modern Times, Together Through Life, and Tempest are all produced by Jack Frost, and they're all really tough, yeah. solid records. And and you want to lump in Time Out of Mind as well, which was Daniel Lenoir. I mean, that's five records in a row that are all really, really good. And that's startling for a that's guy. That's hard this, to say. This is a guy in his 60s and his 70s cranking these things out. It's pretty remarkable stuff. Yeah, nobody I – mean, yeah, that streak is super rare. But yeah, especially – I mean, how much – yeah, he's – yeah. He's pretty good. He's got he's got staying power. This kid. He's, yeah, this 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 Zimmerman kid. He, he might have he might have something to say. So, Change his uh, name though. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's a little too bagely, as they say. Uh, <laughs> so, is there anything else that we want to say about Sugar Baby before we wrap up? Um, if you if you know if people have listened to this and haven't heard it yet, they should immediately do so. And just, actually, just listen to the to the damn album. Yes, you can buy. There's a link in the show notes to buying it on iTunes. You should buy the whole record. It's a it's a great great record. Love and theft. So, well, before we sign off, uh, I do want to ask David. Uh, this is something. This is a feature that I've kind of like uh, grandfathered out of the show because it just hasn't quite worked the way I wanted it to or whatever. But but upon request, I will I will bring it back. And David has requested. I just this. felt like I was. You know, give it a shaft last time. Yes, exactly. Uh, and you are executive producer, so I really don't have a choice. Yep. Uh, in If there was any era of Dylan that you would like to see come back, whether it be Love and Theft Dylan or Polka Dot Shirt Dylan or Acoustic Dylan or, you know, of course, the aforementioned uh, Electronica Bob, you know, 1980s Bob version, Christian Bob, what would you like to see come back? Uh, well, this Dylan's still around. You know what I mean? I think this yeah, is he's very... basically this is the form he's still kind of in right so, now. So, and I love this Dylan a lot because he's he just doesn't he doesn't care. You know what I mean? It's almost just like he just does whatever he wants. I think Christian Dylan. I mean, that's not even my favorite. That's uh, by no means my favorite era, but I think it's almost just a, such an interesting turn. It, that's I find that fascinating. If that makes sense, not necessarily is that the albums are that great. But just, um, just for like discussion purposes, you know what I mean? It would be I neat. Think. It would be interesting to hear him sing some of those songs again. He doesn't what really turn do this them screw. Too much. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be really. I said I, I mentioned before. I think on episode five with Professor Alan Middleton, there's a whole live album of his Christian concerts, and he yeah. presented it to Sony Records, so Columbia Records, and they passed on it. But so it's out there. It's who somewhere. gets to say that? Who's the guy who says, you know what, Bob? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine <laughs> the balls that's got to take to say to Bob Dylan, nah, nah, thanks, Bob. We're good. Yeah. You know why Alan likes that album? It's probably the one you could probably find in a, in a, in a quarter bin. <laughs> oh. I can't. The show, the show is over. Uh, David, no, this where, is a great show. Where, I make, I produce a great show, people. No, no, I mean this episode is over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before you embarrass yourself further, David, yeah. where can people find you on the internet if for some um, reason they want to? When this airs, I will be appearing on Comics on Comics the following week, and that's going to be live on Facebook. I also um, will be on your Canon special. I don't know when that's airing. That will be in a couple of weeks. Yes, that will be in about four weeks from now, about a month from now. So yes, you will be on the big 50th episode of right. the Film and Water Podcast. That's true. Um, and I'm supposed to be on Secret Origins again, but I'm not sure when. So I, I heard, I feel I heard like that just... did, I heard that didn't go well. So oh, <laughs> sure. Okay, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> um, it's entirely possible. And um, I was on an episode. I keep forgetting to plug this. I was on, on an episode of Daddy Loved Me a couple of months ago. So you probably find me on that. 
Um, what is that show? That is uh, this guy, uh, Ryan Bailey and Susie Henschel. Uh, they just talk about um, various uh, bad pop, pop culture topics like uh, like the show I was on. We talked about Vanderpump Rules. So I wow. Think <laughs> Okay. And I oh and uh, of course look for my work on Emmys.com. Uh, you should be seeing me interviewing um, B.D. Wong pretty soon. Very cool. And um, the my article interviewing the uh, Jonathan Jonathan Goldman, the uh, the uh, world's most interesting man, should be going up soon too. Very cool. Very cool. Everybody check all that. I said it's Emmys.com. You can see some of David's writing and check out all those podcasts. And said he will be on Film and Water. Uh, very shortly. So, David, thank you so much. Thank you for, for prompting me to do the show. I'm having a lot of fun. So thank you for being a giant pain in the ass about it. <laughs> You're welcome, man. All right. Very cool. Uh, if you want to follow the show, of course, you go to fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can use the contact page or leave a comment on the show notes in the uh, show thread. And you can follow us on Twitter, which is pod underscore Dylan. So, Dave, David, I mean, David. Hey, I hate when you call Dave. David, thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me again, man. All right, very cool. Thanks, everybody. Five timers. Yeah. (laughs) You get a key and everything. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Look up, look up. See your makeup. For Gabriel Blues, his heart. Sugar, baby, get on down the line. It ain't got no sense, no harm. You went years without me, might as well keep going.